previously on Murder in Alliance. I know you have no idea who I am, but I have some interesting things that we learned about Yvonne's murder through the years. I know that someone as close as you, you had to have had a million thoughts run through your head wondering who could have done this to her. Who was there? Who could possibly know something? Yeah. Is there an officer that lived near here in one of these houses well, close by? I don't by? really want to get into all that. I mean, like I said, this is the end of this conversation. I know you've got family in law enforcement, right? Yes. Mr. Jenkins is a captain there. Well, hey, I got to go. You guys have a great day. Every time we'd reference police, that would shut it down. If these people find out I'm talking shit, I'm done. Came by one time, threatened to flip my throat. I've met the killer, and I know where he is, and I suspect he's still killing, and yes, he's a cop. This is Murder and Alliance, an active investigation into who killed Yvonne Lane. I'm Maggie Freeling. When I first learned about David Thorne's conviction, I'd really only heard the basics about the woman at the heart of the story. I knew Yvonne Lane had five kids. I knew she was gorgeous, but I didn't know a lot about her life or personality. David, in fact, spoke of her in glowing terms at first. But as I dug deeper, my understanding of this 26-year-old woman started to evolve. She was complicated. Of course, we all are. But she was more than that. She loved her children, yet by their own accounts, she did mistreat them sometimes. She allegedly sold her body for money and yet wanted to be a good Jehovah's Witness in the eyes of her parents. So confused, I circled back to David a few months into my investigation. He agreed. Yeah, he hadn't told the full truth about Yvonne when I first asked because he didn't want to, quote, besmirch her. It's tricky to talk about someone when they're dead. Nothing Yvonne did could have justified nearly decapitating her. And so David didn't talk much about the qualities in her that people might judge. But to understand a murder of this type, one in which I believe is personal, you have to understand the victim. Police know this, of course. That's why one of the first questions they try to answer in a homicide is, is there anyone who would want the victim dead? Most homicides are at the hands of someone the victim knows, so it's an obvious starting point. Yet, according to the case file in Yvonne's murder, investigators in this case didn't bother interviewing a lot of the people closest to her. There are no records of interviews with her sisters or her father. We only know of her mother, Tanya, speaking to the police, as well as a young woman who, as far as Tanya knew, was Yvonne's closest friend. The reason you're here, Liz, is that uh, your name was given to us as uh, Yvonne, one of Yvonne's best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're just wondering if you had any information we might be able to use in this, in this case, whatever you can tell us. Okay. This is an interview with a 29-year-old woman named Liz, conducted by Detectives Samson and Mucklow on April 2nd, 1999. It's one of the few interviews on file with people in Yvonne's life. And it seems like it's an important one for anyone trying to understand her personality and lifestyle. According to Liz, Yvonne was a lot more complicated than she apparently seemed to some people. Yes, she had her wild side, but she also wanted to make her Jehovah's Witness parents proud. And so that's how she met Liz. 
Liz was a member of the same church. Her dad, Sean, uh, asked me to um, see if I could uh, start a Bible study with her to help her um, try to get her life on track with, um, you know, trying to straighten her life out. And she's had a really hard time. And um, Eric went off to jail and, you know, having four kids. And she really needs some encouragement and help. And, um, and with me living two streets down from her, it was, you know, really convenient. Liz said she met Yvonne in November of 1997. So we studied for eight months, and she really was progressing and, you know, wanted to turn, turn around and do it. And during that time is when she would confide in me. I'd go over there on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock, and, you know, we'd talk for an hour, and then we'd study. Liz said Yvonne mostly talked about her relationship with Eric. Eric even joined their study session a few times. He revealed to me that um, uh, he wanted to marry her, and she told him the only uh, the only way that she would marry him is if he wanted the same thing as her. She wanted him to straighten up, but during that time, she wanted him to um, study the Bible also. And during that time, she wanted to quit smoking, um, you know, went to sleep with him, and was really trying to do, you know, what was right. And and she was wanting him to do what was right, too. Liz also told similar accounts of Yvonne and Eric's relationship that we had heard before. You know, he, he had beat her up in the past before. I don't know if you know about that or nothing. But he was very violent with her, and he had a very violent temper. And to be clear, we have tried to reach out to Eric multiple times through different means, and so far have had no luck. So the only information we have about Eric and Yvonne is what others have said. Liz also said Yvonne told her stories that really say a lot about who Yvonne was. She would tell me these stories, and I could not believe these things that were happening to her. Like one time, she was having a yard sale, she was putting the stuff away, and it was like towards the evening, and she said, she told me that a, a tall black man was um, putting antique jewelry in his pocket, and so she went out on her porch and said, you know, put this stuff down, get out of here. I'm like, I can't believe you said that. I said, aren't you afraid of getting hurt? You know, she said, if you don't um, let somebody know that um, that you're not afraid of them and to confront them, she said, they will come back in the middle of the night and steal whatever else you have and kill you. I, if I remember correctly, she said she knew the man from down the street from her and she knew that he was a drug dealer. And this isn't the first time that we heard that Yvonne was fearless. Maybe to a fault. I remember her one time saying last summer that somebody, she heard somebody robbed a store and stole a carton of cigarettes and left them at her door. And, you know, and I'm like, what? Why would somebody do that? She's like, I don't know. And, you know, I'm not used to these stories. And sometimes I thought that she was fabricating some things to have stories. But then, you know, I don't know. I, it just seemed odd for, so, you know, I guess your associations, who you're around, I guess you could come into circumstances like that all the time about, knowing, you know, being afraid of drug dealers coming in and, and killing you in the middle of light and stealing stuff. And it, to me, that was like so shocking. I thought that this tidbit was interesting. Liz wondering why all these things would happen to Yvonne. And then she said, well, I guess it's her associations. Although Liz never mentioned knowing that Yvonne hung out with shady people or specifically who any of the people were that she mentioned, it seems like Liz sensed the kind of crowd Yvonne ran with. And of course, Yvonne being as fearless as she was. I mean, she was a little tiny person, but 
more. She feared nothing. You know, she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Despite Tanya saying that she thought Liz and Yvonne were close, Liz said her friendship with Yvonne was pretty short-lived. After studying, they mostly lost touch. The past, I would say, eight months, I really don't know any personal information. All I know is what happened last year in um, 1998. After that eight months, Liz said she saw Yvonne here and there, but no catching up. Liz didn't know much about Yvonne's personal life besides Eric. Detectives even asked her about David, and she didn't know much at all. So you don't know if he was dating any no. other men at this time? No, right? I don't know who she associated with, because like I said, I hadn't talked to her. Um, you know, sat down and really talked to her for like, you know, maybe last, I don't even remember the last. And I feel horrible about it, but... So Liz lost touch with Yvonne, which makes it interesting to me that Tanya, Yvonne's mother, named Liz as her daughter's best friend. Clearly, even though Tanya still saw Yvonne all the time, she didn't know much about what was going on with her daughter. Go 900 feet and turn right onto North Lincoln. Wow, they really mark these streets well. Yeah, Danny, John, and I wanted to see if we could find out what Yvonne's life was like during those final Hello. months. This is Danny. Are you Pam? Yes, I am. Hi, right, Pam. I'm Danny. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. This is John. I'll grab a chair. You sit down in the comfy chair. No, no, go ahead. One of the first things we did when we got to Alliance was track down a woman named Pam, who had come up as someone Yvonne was close with. However, it's important to note that they did have a falling out about a year before Yvonne's death over an incident where Yvonne, quote, beat the crap out of Pam for stealing her purse. Pam said she was on drugs and it wasn't a proud moment. And yet it appears the police never interviewed Pam, either as a suspect in Yvonne's murder or as one of her closest friends. Are you surprised yet? Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry you're having to talk about this again. Yeah, but she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got a picture from my boat. I used to admire how she did her eyeliner and stuff. Pam said she used to live next to Yvonne's parents and knew Yvonne since she was a kid. Pam would have been in her 40s when Yvonne was murdered. She's like my little daughter. So what, how long have you known her? I moved in over there in 76, 78. So you're talking about next to where she grew up, yes, at her parents' yeah, she was like my other daughter. Okay. I love so her. you had she's known her since, since, if you knew her in the 70s, she was born in 72. So I knew her all the well, when she got a older, I knew her all the way up. Pam seemed to know a lot of the things about Yvonne that Yvonne maybe would have been uncomfortable telling Liz, a strict Jehovah's Witness. Yvonne did not like being in her house with her dad. Yeah. I'm telling you, she did not like it. Yeah. I mean, she'd take showers, she said. And I think the one time she said he put on a dirty movie and then he was downstairs watching TV. Oh. Together. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's she did different. not like being there. Remember I had mentioned before that Yvonne had told people that her dad had sexually abused her? Pam was one of those people. He had peepholes, she said. So she, was so she told you that he had peepholes yes. that she would yes. look at her, or he would look yes. at her? Yes. 
Yes, she didn't feel comfortable. That she didn't want to be there. Are talking about, is his name Sherman? Sherman. I have tried multiple times to reach Sherman, and so far, I have not had any luck. John and Danny asked Pam if she was aware of Yvonne soliciting herself for money. And Pam said she had only heard after the fact. But I never known Yvonne do what she did, what I've heard. But there was some information Pam did say she knew. But I know she had trouble with cops. Mm-hmm. And she, she was dating a cop. This was the first time we had heard from someone that Yvonne had specifically told them she was seeing a cop. She was dating a cop, but dad didn't, she didn't tell me who it was. And I didn't want to know. So I like cops. So you, never knew, cops. you never knew which cop she was no. dating? So she was dating one willingly. Yes. And you don't remember who that one was? And she didn't tell me. Okay, okay. She didn't tell me. And Pam had more to say. She had a belly on her when I seen her. Uh, she never, she gets it all like this when she's pregnant. She, I swear she was pregnant. And actually, the last photos taken of Yvonne in her home just a couple days before her murder, she's wearing an oversized shirt with a horse on it that allegedly she would only wear when she was pregnant. But she doesn't look visibly pregnant, even in her autopsy photos. But according to Liz's interview with Mucklow and Samson, how Yvonne looked didn't seem to change when she was pregnant. Because she was so tiny. I mean, even when she gave birth, she did not even look pregnant. And I, and like in January, you could not even tell she was pregnant. I'm like, Yvonne, are you sure you're pregnant? She's like, yeah, I'm due any day. I'm like, come on. And, um, in February, she had the baby and, you know, and she was overdue a couple of weeks, I think. So was Yvonne pregnant? For the record, the coroner's report doesn't mention anything one way or another about pregnancy. It only notes that her sexual organs were, quote, unremarkable. But coroners and cops do have a pretty cozy relationship sometimes, which got Pam thinking. What if she had been pregnant and the baby daddy was a cop? Maybe a cop who didn't want his wife to know he was having an affair or didn't want to have a baby and pay child support. And she probably tried to blackmail the daddy, you know? Was that something that you could see her doing? Like blackmailing to get a little money or something? (laughs) To keep it quiet? What do you think? Yeah. Or who's who's the baby's dad would have been? They want to keep it quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. And even if Yvonne wasn't pregnant, that doesn't mean she didn't believe she was, or less generously, didn't claim to be even if she knew she wasn't. I normally wouldn't jump to that thinking, but even David said he knew Yvonne to tell boyfriends that she was pregnant just to get what she wanted out of them. So is it possible she was pregnant and it wasn't noted in the coroner report in an effort to keep it secret? Or could she have told someone she was pregnant when she wasn't to shake down the supposed father? At this point, neither scenario seems too far-fetched to me, especially the possibility of a shakedown attempt. Did she ever tell you about shaking people down? I knew that that's kind of something that she did before. This is me on a call with David some months ago. I knew that she would tell people that she was pregnant and then ask for money for an abortion. That's how she would send money to Eric when he was in in the joint because he was in and out so often. And this actually affected David personally when he found out about his son, Brandon, 
Well, actually, I didn't honestly think that she was pregnant. And the shakedown scenario isn't just from David and Pam. It also allegedly came from the mouth of one of the detectives on Yvonne's case. As a detective who handled the case, I was I was kind of surprised he even met. This is Dwayne Pullman again, whom you've heard from in earlier episodes. He's an award-winning investigative journalist from Ohio. Dwayne spent years investigating Yvonne's murder and actually met with Detective John Leach at a restaurant during his investigation. According to Dwayne, this is what happened when they sat down. So you're at a restaurant and he just says this to you? Yeah, in a, in a sit down. I don't, I don't know what the hell we were. I, didn't, I don't even think I ate. I was like, this is really weird. Um, he, he, without any context, just blurts out that some um, whore had gotten a hold of his wife. I don't use that term. He did. Right gotten a hold of his wife to try to shake it to try to blackmail him shake him down and I, I said who else could that be because um Yvonne had done that according to people I had talked to before hey y'all I just wanted to let you know that we now have a confidential and anonymous tip line If you have information about the murder of Yvonne Lane and you don't want to share your name, please call 888-863-9550 and leave a message. Again, if you have any information about the murder of Yvonne Lane, even if you think it's nothing, please call 888-863-9550. It is confidential and anonymous and does not go to the police. It goes directly to us, John, Danny, and myself. We haven't talked much about Detective John Leach, but I mentioned him when describing the crime scene. Detective Leach was at the murder scene with Detectives Mucklow and Samson and was with them when they conducted some key interviews, including the one that led to Joe Wilkes' confession. And if you're wondering who the cop was that George Hale said he identified leaving Yvonne's house the morning of her murder, we don't know for sure, but George said he identified a cop who looked just like Leach in the lineup he was given. And because of this, Detective Leach was always interesting to Dwayne. You know, I'm not saying that that Leach had anything to do with this. I want you to be clear on that. I I am landing on probably not um but you know it it did kind of project uh um uh, a motive for covering up things and trying to make it go away that's what i just took away from all that yeah i had speculated earlier in the season that based on the amount of corruption in the alliance police department it was possible the cops had a reason to cover up her murder But now, is there even more of a motive to make it go away? Besides the potential drug connection to the cops and her sleeping with them, was Yvonne shaking someone down? Was it a cop? Did that cop kill her? Or did he cover it up for another cop, either at the crime scene, with the coroner, or both? So many questions. I asked David about all of this. Like he mentioned, he knew about the shakedowns while they were dating. But there was a lot about Yvonne he didn't learn 
until after she died. So did you know about Yvonne dancing? She told me that she had danced before, yeah. And then I guess she was going to two little clubs or something like that, kind of on the side after her and I had already broken up. It's like three phases that I know of her life. You know what I mean? Is that like shocking to you? Are you like, I mean, maybe now you've processed it, but was this like, who the hell was this person I was dating? Yeah. Then David told me something we had never heard before. At the time, she told me that she was going to a convention. And then later, that's whenever I found out that that was, she was like a high-end call girl. David said she'd ask him to drive her to the train station to go to neighboring states. Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia. He wasn't really sure, but it was to work at conventions. What did you think she was doing when she was going to the conventions? She said something that she got a, an office job and she was going to a convention for something. I, I don't, I don't recall what it was, but to be honest, it was only half paying attention to what it was that she was even talking about for a job. Even whenever she picked up a job, she never stayed anywhere for very long because something always come up with the kids. It's just so bizarre. It's really, she had so many secrets. I don't know how she kept everything straight. I don't know how she kept her life in order for real. Again, I am not shaming Yvonne's lifestyle. Still, it's important to note that if she was a dancer or an escort or a sex worker, that just adds more people to the mix of potential suspects. And the more we investigate, the more people we find saying these rumors were true. And that broadens the suspect pool, which becomes even larger if Yvonne was traveling to other states. So with things starting to get messier than we expected, we decided to try another person who may know what was going on in Yvonne's life. Yeah, so has has anybody talked to you about Yvonne in the last few years? Or your sister, Linda? This is Vic. He's the uncle of Eric, who is allegedly the father of three of Yvonne's kids. So your sister is... Linda. Linda. Linda is your yeah, sister. Yeah, okay. And, uh, <laughs> so you knew Yvonne pretty well then. I knew, yeah, pretty decent, yeah. She seems like a... a a complicated person. She was in a lifestyle that apparently was pretty... Well, I was like, you know, I was used to different kind of women. My mom was real sweet and uh, sisters and stuff. I wasn't used to that, like a little bit of deviness, dark side people. She was a friend. And, you know, I, I tried to be there for her because she was my nephew's girlfriend mm-hmm. off and on again. And, but, uh... He has some dark sides to it. Mm-hmm. So when you say that she had a dark side, I mean we hear a lot of things, but what are you what what are you referring to? Would she would she pick fights between people and stuff like that? Just, a little bit. Yeah, 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 kind of manipulative yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was investigating my nephew what she did to me. Vic mentioned Yvonne starting fights between him and his sister Linda to get a rise out of Linda in order to manipulate situations to get what she wanted. You know, I was a dark side of her. She yeah. trying to get my sister mad at me because she wanted to get a rise out of her. 
He also said she was always on pills, like Jeremy had mentioned. And again, I only bring that up not to shame anyone's use or addictions, but to note the potential drug connection and her state of mind. And speaking of her state of mind, we asked Vic about something we heard. She had come to you saying she had pissed off the wrong person at around that same time. Went to your mom's house looking for you is what it was told to us. Right. Because she was in some kind of trouble and she was wanting your help and said that she had fucked with the wrong person. Yeah, well, she never got to me and told me that. Yvonne supposedly sought out Vic for help, but Vic says Yvonne never found him. And if his mom told him about this incident, he doesn't remember it. However, the story does fit into what we heard from Jeremy, that she was frantic just a few days before she was murdered. So did she piss someone off? And if so, who? So one other thing that we hear, and, you know, we have no idea if this is true or not, but that she was, you know, involved with some number of police officers, a couple, you know, two, three, four, whatever it was, and that she would shake them down, essentially, like maybe they were married, and then she would shake them down and say, I'm going to tell your wife or something. Hold that over on me. Possibly. Yeah, you wouldn't put it past her at that time? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past her. Okay, okay. Did you hear much that she was involved with a lot of men for money? That I didn't, uh, you know, I couldn't really confirm that, but I, different times I drive through the lines here and I, I see her, she had a little station wagon car and I see her pulled over a lot of different times, well, like multiple times talking to a policeman. Mm, okay. Were they pulling her over or was she willingly just pulling over and to talk to them? Friends. Do you, uh, do you know any of those cops' names that she was friends with? No, well, there was one. Okay. She's talking about so she didn't ever say anything about being like romantically or sexually involved with No, but like I told you, she has some dark sides mm-hmm. to her. We're going to beep this cop's name for now since we've heard his name come up a few times and plan to look deeper. When did it happen when you first got wind that she was dead? What did you think? You know, David or the police. Yeah. Somebody in the police. Or yeah. Her. I don't know, it could be something. Well, that's why we wanted to talk to you, because we knew if this was true, that she came to your mom almost desperate looking for you. Yeah, Makes us say, who would have been that mad at her? Based on everything we heard in testimony, through interviews and police records, no one once said David was mad at Yvonne or ever had been mad or violent with her. Even Sherman in court said they had a good relationship. And remember... Even the child support agent said everything seemed fine with them. So who could have been so mad at Yvonne that they nearly decapitated her, threw a TV on her after she was already brutalized and dead? All of this with her children at home. Coming up next time, I speak with renowned major case detective Karen Smith, who is a forensic expert, and she takes a look at the crime scene photos, the autopsy, all of the evidence, and she has some new thoughts to add on this decades-old case as to who could have killed 
Yvonne Lane. Y'all, if you like this show, please consider joining the Unjust and Unsolved Patreon. It shows how much you care and helps us continue to tell these stories. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes, Q&As, and events as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention, and the more likely we're going to get tips and leads and the right ears will be reached. Murder in Alliance is produced and reported by me, Maggie Freeling, with editorial consulting from Amber Hunt. Aaron Case is our legal intern, and Bob Mallory is our engineering assistant. For more information and resources, go to murderinalliance.com. You can find Murder in Alliance on Twitter and Instagram at murder underscore alliance, and join the discussion on Facebook at Unjust and Unsolved Podcast discussion group. Murder and Alliance is a production of the Obsessed Network. You can find all their shows at obsessednetwork.com. 